Hi, I hope you're well. Thanks for taking the time to connect with this, the latest reflection in the series based on the Bible in One Year reading programme. I trust you're keeping well. Today's reflection takes us up to day 75, but as I've said each time, if you've not reached that point, don't beat yourself up. If you're struggling, you won't be the first and you're not going to be the last. The Bible can be a big, daunting book. Just keep picking up and starting where you left off. I do believe that God will honour your perseverance. One of the strange things about the readings in this section is that we get a crossover between two Gospels, Mark and Luke. So we go straight from the cross and the resurrection at the end of Mark to the nativity narrative at the start of Luke. Jesus goes back to being born again. But in a way that allows me to discuss something which is central to the gospel. But to get there, I want to start in one of the Psalms we read this week, in Psalm 32, which says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And later in the same psalm, it says, The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. So the subject for reflection is forgiveness. Jesus comes that we might know forgiveness, that we might be saved from our sins. On day 71, we had the last chapter of Mark's Gospel. And if you read it, you'll notice that there's a break after verse 8, which says, The earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 to 20. It would appear that either the original end of Mark's Gospel got lost, or he chose to end his Gospel in a rather strange way. The women go to the tomb early in the morning on the first day of the week to anoint Jesus' body. But when they get there, the stone is rolled away from the entrance to the tomb. When they go in, they see a young man dressed in a white robe sitting there. He says, don't be alarmed. Because let's face it, that would be the most natural reaction to entering a grave, expecting to find the body there, finding the body missing. And then somebody says, oh, hello. Yeah, so, yeah. That they're very much alive and they speak to you. Yeah, you're going to be afraid. But he doesn't stop there. He says, goes on, says, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. Look, that's where they laid him. Go and tell his disciples and Peter and get yourselves off to Galilee where he'll catch up with you there. But as Mark tells it, that's not what they did, or at least not straight away. Trembling and bewildered, well, do you honestly think you'd be any different? The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The end. Or is it? It's an odd ending, isn't it? But it's also highly unlikely that what we have as verses 9 to 20 were part of Mark's original gospel. So either he finished it there, or what he followed it with got lost. Which is it? I really don't know. We know something must have happened, because they clearly did eventually say something to somebody. The story of the empty tomb appears in all four Gospels. 
in all of those four Gospels, Peter is nowhere to be seen. But within a few weeks, Peter, who had last seen by a fireside in the courtyard of the high priest denying that he even knew Jesus, is up there boldly declaring that Jesus has risen from the dead, that God had not allowed Jesus to stay dead. So somebody got the word out to Peter, clearly. But in some ways it's appropriate that Mark ends as it does. You see, for those women fleeing the empty tomb, well, they're kind of the last people standing in the gospel. Everyone else has failed. The religious leaders who should have recognised Jesus, the political establishment who should have defended justice rather than allow an innocent man suffer a brutal death out of expediency. The crowds who had greeted Jesus as a coming king of just a few short days before his crucifixion, but are conspicuous by their absence come Friday. Judas, who handed him over to the authorities. Peter, who denied knowing him. James and John, who spent the build-up fighting over who was going to be top dog before scarpering, just like all the others. Those few women who had watched from a distance as Jesus died, they were all he had left. They were the only ones who hadn't let him die. And fair play to him. They got a lot further than anyone else. But here at the last, they too failed. Jesus was let down by everyone. Except God, who was faithful and raised Jesus from the dead. So it wasn't just those who were actively hostile to Jesus who needed his forgiveness. Even those who had followed him most closely let him down. And in between there were those who wanted him for what they could get when they needed the miracles but were nowhere to be found when the chips were down. And then there were those who were just really indifferent about him and viewed him as little more than the subject of an irrelevant original an irrelevant religious squabble among first century Jews. All of them, in their own way, failed. All of them, in their own way, needed forgiveness. And that is how Mark ends his gospel. And then we turn the page. And we begin... Luke's gospel and we're reminded why he came in the first place that God doesn't want us to live in shame and estrangement he doesn't want us to be weighed down by our mistakes he wants us to know the blessing of forgiveness and to know that his love is for us and it's unfailing in an odd way that's what all those convoluted instructions about sacrifice we've read over the last few weeks were pointing to Oh, we're also reminded that it's kind of difficult to believe. Zechariah's re first response whenever the angel tells him about John the Baptist has a pull the other one quality to it. But when John is born, he breaks into song singing about salvation through the forgiveness of sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun from heaven will shine on those living in darkness and guiding us unto peace. You see, it isn't just first century disciples who fail. They're not the only ones who stumble. For us too, those moments will come. They're 
pretty much inevitable. Yes, some are hostile to Jesus even today. Some are indifferent and think he's irrelevant to their lives. Some may turn to God when they really need something, but forget him when they don't. And some seriously do try to follow him. And all of them have one thing in common. None of us gets it right all the time. We all mess up. We all, at some point, stand in need of forgiveness. And then we turn the page. And we discover that God is not done with us. God doesn't give up on us. God's finger is not hovering over the smite button. God is a God of tender compassion. And God is faithful. And God's plans were never really about us all, all the time. They were about his love for us. And he is faithful in all he does. His plans stand firm forever. And his love is unfailing. He wants us to know the blessing of transgressions forgiven and having our sins covered. And to that end, he reaches out to us and simply asks us to trust him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus into the world. Thank you for making your home amongst us because you refuse to give up on us. Help us to trust in you and your tender compassion and to allow the light of your presence to shine upon us and lead us into peace with you, peace with others and peace with ourselves. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.